You listen to me. You're Nick fucking Woo Cage! Hello and welcome to the Nick fucking Woo Cage cast. My name is Rob Humphrey, joined as always by Cat Valor. Cat, how you doing? Doing good. How are you today? Um, I was I was good. <laughs> and then I watched Zandali, which is the movie we're going to be talking about. Um, not uh, not uh, not super thrilling that movie, but we'll get into that after some Nick Cage news. Um, I only had one thing this week. Um, it looks like uh, it's been announced that. Uh, Nicholas Cage is going to be in the new movie from Oz Perkins. Uh, have you seen anything about this? I have not. The movie is called Long Legs, and it has officially received its R rating. Oh. Um, are you familiar with Osgood Perkins? I don't think so. Uh, uh, the name did, doesn't strike me as familiar. He did The Black Coat's Daughter and Gretel and oh. Hansel. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I would not have guessed those two were by the same person. Yes. Um, I have seen both of them. <laughs> yes. Um, I so I saw the black coat's daughter, and I was too stupid to understand it. I think I I got confused because everybody I thought everybody looked the same, so I couldn't tell which character was which or what was going on most of the time. Okay, and then Gretel and Hansel I saw in the theater, and I fell asleep. (laughs) So tell you where I stand on that movie, but this one is um in this uh movie apparently Nicolas Cage plays a serial killer. Okay. Yeah. So, um, is it is it Micah Monroe? Maybe um, the the uh, she was in It Follows and I believe Watcher also. Um, she plays an FBI agent uh, who is uh, given the case of uh, a serial killer, and uh, that is Nicholas Cage. And I guess it's sort of a I don't know cat and mouse kind of thing or something. I don't know. But uh, I'm looking forward to checking that out. But that is all the Nick Cage news I found uh, for the week. Um, reviews are coming in about uh, his new movie. Was it Dream Scenario that we've yes. talked a lot about? Um, and they are glowing for the most part. Okay, so, that's good. Yeah, looking forward to being able to watch that as well. Um, are we ready to get into Zandali? Yeah, we are. Um, as ready as we're ever going to be. <laughs> <laughs> she was young, beautiful, and married, but she was not desired. I want you like we used to want. She had everything, but she was not fulfilled. God, it has nothing to do with you. Until a stranger entered her life. I know what you really are. I make no excuses for what I do. And swept her into a world of insatiable passion. I want you to move in with me. No. You're gonna kill him. You have a mistress, don't you? Oh. Just go to him. Nice your husband. Talk to him. I can't be what you want me to be. Yes, you can. It's over. You don't love him. Nicholas Cage. I can't get you out of me. You don't know anything about love. Judge Reinhold and sensational film newcomer Erica Anderson. Give you capital what you want. You might just get it. Go! Sandali. Zandali uh, was released uh, straight to video on July eighteenth. Yeah, July eighteenth, nineteen ninety one. No budget or box office numbers that I see here immediately. Um, 
so it has a strong cast, right? Like, I mean, Nicolas Cage, yeah. you got Judge Reinhold, you got Aaron Neville. Um, you have Steve Buscemi for some reason. Steve Buscemi is, <laughs> is also there. Um, Joe Pantaleone is also there. Marissa yeah. Tomei for reasons, I guess. <laughs> um, so there was a reason to think that this, this movie might be good. Um, and Erica, Erica Anderson, who played Zandali in the movie, said um, that the scene where Nicolas Cage paints her, her naked body, um, I, I don't quite understand this quote. She says the actor put in such uh, that he put in such brutality and such yeah, participatory violence that I was terrified. I felt really violated. We had to stop shooting and do it all again the next day. What? Yeah. Um, so I don't I don't know what's going on. I mean, I, I didn't pick up any of that. Now I will say, uh, the cut. I I watched this on Tubi. Where did you watch it? I also watched this on Tubi. Yeah, that was the R-rated version. There is an NC-17 version, apparently. Oh, okay. Somewhere. So maybe there's something in there. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's all the background that I have on on Zandali. Um, what did you think of Nicolas Cage in this movie? Um, this has been not one of my favorite Nicolas Cage performances. Um, and I don't know how much of it is Nicolas Cage's fault. Uh, but I will say usually even in, cause we've, we're getting up there in movies now. Mm -hmm. We've seen quite a few. I, I feel like even in the ones that are more nonsensical, like this, I at least know what Nicolas Cage is doing. You know, like he has, I feel like he has a character uh, and he knows that whole character's life and he's doing his best to show me as much of that character's life as possible with the screen time that he has. Mm -hmm. um, I felt that way less with this. Like, I, I'm not sure he knew what he was doing. I certainly didn't know what he was doing. Yeah. Uh, I had a lot of questions. I, I think any scene on its own would be fine, but I felt like that through line was kind of missing. Yeah, and that's a problem with the entire movie in every yeah. respect, to be honest. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think that we see there there are, are flashes of him really trying to do something in this movie. We see a couple of great like sort of scenes and those great Nicolas Cage outbursts that you get. Yeah. But overall, this entire movie just falls flat. Um. And I and I think that that also applies to his performance for the most part. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that it's his fault, exactly like you said, because it's the entire movie. I mean, one of my notes in here is, with this cast, is the acting this bad? Because That's everyone seems to be bad in this movie, and there's talent on the screen. <laughs> That's the thing that had me going for kind of a long time is because I was like, at first, I was really unimpressed with Nicolas Cage's performance, and then it's like, as it went on, is he the problem with this, though? Or is it just like, was this a kind of direction that he was given? Or Because everyone seems to have that same sort of flat, very surface-level performance. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think I've ever seen bad acting that consistent across a movie, you right. know? Like, it, it was all the same kind of vibe. Um, yeah, but I didn't I, like it. Yeah, I agree. There, there were a lot of things about this movie that I 
that, that felt that way. I mean, the entire movie, first of all, like, I wasn't really sure what was happening in this movie. I mean, I did, but I, I did understand, but I also kind of didn't, but also kind of, but not really. Like, the main quote-unquote plot I got, Nicolas Cage is banging his friend's wife. That's pretty yes. simple and easy to follow. Not much of a plot for a movie, really. No. <laughs> that's what we get with this. But then there are these, like, subplots. And I was never really sure what was going on, like, with Judge Reinhold's dad's company. Like, was he selling the company? Who was that other guy? I I, I had no idea what was going on. And, and then, like, the these... mom has a mistress. And <laughs> yeah. <I'm> like, <laughs> uh, she has a secret boyfriend uh, yeah. that they make kind of a big deal that they're meeting. And then uh, Nicolas Cage also has a girlfriend that the the wife is mad about and I, right. yeah they're you're right there are a lot of subplots that don't really go anywhere they're not plots they're just like sub yeah. scenes i guess yeah, they're, just, <laughs> they're just these things that happen that i didn't quite really understand and then you've got the main plot of the movie which isn't really a plot for a movie no because it's not like he's trying to I, it, that also the main plot is also just a thing that happens because the husband just accepts it he's like okay yeah. i know that they're cheating but then he doesn't try to prove it he doesn't really try to catch them in the act like i there's a descent into madness scene but it's mm -hmm. not a full theme of the movie yeah for the most part he really just kind of doesn't seem to really care no and, and then there's that whole scene in the bar too where he's like i'm just glad he's fulfilling her and you're like what is happening yeah, i didn't know if he knew that it was nicholas cage or not i was so confused because when they're having that dinner and him and uh, nicholas cage and his wife go and have sex in the laundry room he gives this look there's a it's comically bad this look <laughs> that he gives it is it's I, it, I laughed out loud at how stupid it was but it's this look on his face that like oh he knows something he knows they're up to something but then yeah. he he goes on and there are other scenes where it seems like maybe he doesn't know. And then there's a scene in his office where you're like, oh, he definitely knows. But then they're at the bar and he's like, I don't know anything about the guy. For all I know, it could be you. Like kind of jokingly, but then maybe not. This movie is so, everything is so flat that I couldn't yeah. tell what was going on. And I, I kept getting more and more frustrated as it happened and also extremely frustrated by everybody's facial hair <laughs> we talked about this just a little bit last week i really hated nicholas cage's facial hair in this movie i didn't like it on the poster um and it was worse yeah. in the movie <laughs> it was yeah. somehow and worse then, and then i got judge reinhold with that stupid mustache running around it, what is going on in new orleans in 1991 it was bad. It I was really, give, really if, bad. If I give the movie credit for anything, it will be this, though. This is when you shoot a movie in New Orleans, this is what it should look like. Not that other thing that you made me watch that looked <laughs> like it was shot in Vancouver and they just said a few New Orleans things and that was it. Um, I'll give so it you, credit for that, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it, it at least was uh, looks like New Orleans. Um, also... And I didn't notice if this continued, but in the first, I would say, 10 minutes or 15 minutes of the movie, every single shot of a person, everybody's, <laughs> the top of their head was cut off. Yeah. 
and it was driving me crazy. Like I literally wanted to grab the camera and tilt it up just a little bit. Just like a the, tiny bit. Yeah. Like the framing was just wrong. And I didn't, I don't know if I just got used to it or if it stopped at some point, but it drove me nuts while it was happening. So it did nothing, stop at some point. I don't know when though. Like I didn't mark what time it stopped, but it went on for a while. Yeah. So there's nothing in this movie. They don't frame the shots right. The acting is bad. The script is terrible. There's no real plot that makes any kind of real sense. I mean, there's nothing in this movie. Um, there were two things that I really liked about this movie. Okay. Um, both of them were laugh out loud moments for me. I don't think that's what the movie was going for. Um, <laughs> but the, it did. The, the it was the redeeming factor of the movie is that I did laugh out loud twice. One uh, is where. They're, uh, the husband and Zandali have gone for a romantic vacation, just the two of them on the bayou, and he basically invites Nick Cage along. Um, yes. He tells them exactly when and where they're going. Um, <laughs> Nicholas Cage shows up. Uh, the husband invites him like back out to the boat. Nicholas Cage uh, uh, like asks uh, if they want to fish or something. I don't remember. Completely unrelated. And then. Uh, the wife tells him to get out of there, and then the husband's like, why don't we show her how it's done? And then the two of them do a full waltz, which we yes. see in its entirety to Zydeco music, and mm -hmm. it is the wildest thing I've ever seen. In right on the dock. Right on the <laughs> like, dock. Right there. Yeah. Um, I loved that. <laughs> that was my favorite scene. Uh, okay. and my, my note regarding that is literally they are dancing together on the dock, and I hate this. <laughs> Because I didn't know what was going on. Again, I, had, I don't know how I'm supposed to interpret that. I had no idea what was going on. This, to me, was the equivalent of um, the shower scene in Valley Girl. Okay. Like, uh, I don't know why it's there. I don't know why it's needed. Um, it's my favorite part, though. And this <laughs> is going to be like one of those scenes that I bring up later on the show. Like, I will is... say this in regards to that. <laughs> it, it might very well be my favorite part of this movie. And it definitely will be the one part that I remember going forward. All right. Um, that, that is true. It, this, it was a highlight for me. I did really like that. Um, I laughed the entire waltz. I was really sad when it ended. I kind of thought the movie was just going to stop there because mm -hmm. it's like there's no way they're topping this. Um, and they didn't. No. Uh, but my favorite part of the uh, my second favorite part of the movie did come after that, though. There is a line of dialogue and it's I don't think it's the final line of dialogue in the movie, but it's really, really close. Uh, to being the last thing that anyone says out loud during this film. And it's uh, the... <laughs> Uh, first of all, the whole scene is fantastic because there's a drug dealer like coming around the corner. At this point, Zandali is walking down the street. Nick Cage has been walking like two feet behind her for the last three minutes of film inexplicably. Yes. We don't know yeah. what the context of the scene is. We don't know why she's leaving. We don't know why he's following her like mm -hmm. a creep out in broad daylight. Mm -hmm. No context. And matching her pace the entire way. Yes. Because she at one point starts to like jog and he starts mm -hmm. to jog and then she stops and then he stops. It's very strange. And we don't know why. Like if you watched this movie, you'd have no more information on this than we do. But uh, so this has been going on. A drug dealer so blatantly pulls a gun in his car, pulls around the corner, uh, shoots and aims it. Everything goes into slow motion. Uh, 
Like, everyone has time to stop and think about it. Nick Cage freezes. Zandalee freezes. She tries to get in front of Nick Cage. Nick Cage tries to push her back. The drug dealer aims specifically for her. Uh, There's a dramatic, she falls to the ground. Nick Cage, like, tilts his head back and looks like he's screaming. And then there's this line of dialogue, which is, it's, has the delivery of like an after school special where he's like, you got to make your accounts payable, man. (laughs) And I fucking lost it. Like, yeah, I don't know what I expected him to say, but it wasn't that. (laughs) I think what this movie was trying to do. Well, I think that was supposed to, we were supposed to feel like a tragic moment at that time. I think so. Because I this movie tries real hard to make me believe that they have this just uncontrollable, passionate, loving love affair, right? Like they're just right. so in love with one another that they can't help themselves. The problem is the movie doesn't really ever show me that. It's completely not earned at any point. No. In this film, it's they tell us that Nicolas Cage says it at different times. She says yep. it at different times. But we don't ever really see that or feel that. <laughs> the the most passionate they ever feel is when she's hitting him. Yes. Like, yeah. And this and and along with that, the movie also is doing a thing where it's it's first of all, it was listed as an erotic thriller, and I found it neither erotic nor thrilling. Um. Because this movie tries real hard, like, to be sexy, but it is possibly (laughs) the least sexy movie I have ever seen. Yeah, it's up there. Um, The shot, the really traumatic shot, apparently, for the actress that we didn't get to see the full version of, we're assuming. Yes. I... I don't. I wouldn't go so far as to say it was erotic. I will say it was shot better than most of the scenes in the movie, and mm-hmm. I kind of appreciated that. Yeah. Uh, but that was like as close as I got to like uh, thinking of this as like a romantic film because because it, it's just so awkwardly done, you know. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it's not even a matter of not thinking it's like romantic or sexy or whatever. It's just like I was so distracted by how poor the quality of film is. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh man. But and also a lot of it is just Nicolas Cage showing up in random places and grabbing her and insisting that they have sex. Yeah, <laughs> then you know it's a little it's it's a little creepy. <laughs> it's it's very creepy, especially in the church. I don't yeah. know why that would upset me so yeah. much. Yeah, there's a church. There's like an alleyway or something. There's that. I mean, I guess it, he does take her to his apartment, but that place doesn't look very sanitary at all. And like, she also is unhinged. Like she doesn't want to. She keeps saying that she doesn't want to see him or sleep with him or like ever talk to him again. But then when he gets a girlfriend, she flips the fuck out and like trashes his already very trashed apartment. Yes. Yeah. Um. I also noticed in this movie, we haven't even gotten to the bottom of the bad stuff yet. I think this might be the last note that really bothered me. Um. Yeah. It appears to be. And that is any time this movie transitioned from one scene to another, I had no idea what was happening in the new scene. I didn't know how much time had elapsed or what what to expect out of the, the next scene. It was like, I don't really know how to describe it other than to just say all the transitions are really weird for some reason. Um, yes, I also felt that. Um, 
the one thing I'll say, and I'm not sure if this is, I'm not sure if this makes it better or worse. I like when the transitions of a movie match the pace of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I feel like these did that. Like they're erratic. They don't make any sense. They drop me into a new scene where I don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those are already things I felt about the film. Like, and the transitions just kind of right. further to that. Okay. That's, that's fair enough because I, the one that comes to mind, and I don't remember what happens in the scene in front of it, but there's a scene and then a cut. And it looks as though Zandalee is sneaking into her house through a window. window. Oh my God. And that window, like that drove me crazy. Yeah. And, but her husband is sitting like, right. He's right there. And he doesn't say like, why the fuck are you coming in the window or anything? So is she sneaking in? Was she already there? And she went out and then came back in. I I just, I never knew what the hell was going on. No. Um, it, the same thing with the characters that I mentioned before. There were just random people dropped in. Like at one point, he, um, Judge Reinhold uh, has lunch with a guy. And I don't know who that guy was, but he wanted him to come to Mississippi for some reason or something. I, I, I didn't understand. There was just so much I did not understand what was. This is a terribly, terribly written movie. It's terribly made, and it's not well acted either. <laughs> It's, I mean, uh, it's rough. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but it, it, it really um, feels like it's doing something. Now, I did note, though, I think the movie, one of the things we spend so much time trying to establish this relationship between Nicolas Cage and Zandalee, right? Yeah. Um, and I say Nicolas Cage and Zandalee because I don't know the actress's name who plays Zandalee, and I don't remember <laughs> Nicolas Cage's character's name. All um, right. So they spend, I mean, what, a good hour of the hour and a half or whatever the runtime of this movie is trying to establish this relationship and failing miserably at it. And then we finally get to the bayou. And Judge Reinhold has like his sort of weird psychotic snap. And I'm like, this is what we should have gotten to much sooner. We would have had a much more interesting movie if we had gotten to the bayou faster and stayed there longer with like a crazy Judge Reinhold holding them hostage with a gun or something. Yeah, that's the movie we needed. Um, It was the most entertaining scene. Uh, He had the best energy and I understood why he was upset. Like I that checked out that made sense um and and i agree with you if that had been more of the movie it mm-hmm. would have been a stronger film well and and it, because it was re- listed as neurotic thriller my your mind immediately at least mine does it, when you think about like early 90s erotic thrillers the first thing that comes to mind is like basic instinct and then there were a whole lot of like basic instinct knockoffs along the way right and basic instincts a, a pretty good movie it's not bad anyway Um, but it is indeed an erotic thriller because there's like a whole murder, you know, subplot, like whodunit kind of thing going on or whatever. This one just has none of that. This is just people having sex in a (laughs) non-erotic way. (laughs) Um, in for an hour. And then we get to the part that you could possibly describe as a thriller. And I feel like had they moved that up more, it would have been just a much more interesting movie. And I would have had a, a, an idea of what was going on um, other than spinning my wheels for 60 minutes. Yeah. Uh, um, it would. Yeah. I wouldn't call this an erotic thriller. No, not it, at all. Like, I don't even know what I would plot. call this. 
but it didn't. Uh, you know what this kind of reminded me of at certain points? And I like before I throw this comparison out there, I just want to say this is like not nearly as entertaining to sit down and watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this did at certain points remind me of the room. Like, <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I, I could kind of say I've never seen the room. I've obviously seen clips of the room because you can't avoid it. You can't avoid it. Um, and uh, I also that was saw also that. supposed to be like an erotic thriller. And oh, really? it, um, <laughs> right. Also was not. Yeah. Uh, it also stars a character named Johnny who has oh. really awkward sex scenes <laughs> that oh. don't make a lot of sense. <laughs> so <laughs> like there were. Uh, ah. So this was the room before the room. It was, yeah. Oh, all right. I, what, like seven years before the room, we had Zandali. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, this one. This one this was has a, a good rough cast. Watch. There's no reason why this one should be as bad as it is. The acting should be good at least. At the right? very least. Like, I don't know. I looked at this director. I'd never heard of anything else that he did. I'd never heard of this movie until this podcast came up. Um, he had to have gone to the cast and said, stop doing so good. <laughs> right? Like, I, this is the only thing to. that makes any sense because everyone is just flat and the line readings don't make sense. There's nothing about this movie that works. No. Um, the only other thing I wanted to point out is that Zandali, um likes to go on these morning jogs and we see that a number of times throughout we this movie for no real reason. But... Early in the movie, she's running alongside a train and she she jumps in front of it. <laughs> and I yeah. thought, could we say she's racing with the moon? <laughs> uh, she does a better job racing with the moon than the other the, two did in that movie. <laughs> in the actual movie, Racing with the Moon. Yeah, they say they're going to race the train, but they don't really ever race the train. I, I, they just get on the train. She races that fucking train. She's yeah. like, I'm going to get in front of this train or die <laughs> Yeah, she crosses the tracks. I mean, if she if she doesn't beat the train, there's a real consequence to what's going on there. Um, but what is the point of that scene? I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I really thought that that was going to be the thing I remembered most from the movie. And until you brought it up, I had completely forgotten about it. But it's, uh, it, it was weird because it's so early in the movie. I thought mm-hmm. it was going to like, uh, much like racing with the moon. I thought it was going to come back around and be relevant. Uh, and it was not in any kind of way. Like that was unrelated to the plot entirely. <laughs> yeah, like I thought, is this like a supposed to be telling me that she has some sort of like deep seated depression or whatever? Yeah, I thought it was like a yeah, but basically a longing what it, for death, <laughs> right? Yeah, but that doesn't really come up. Like she is seems to be depressed. She's in this this marriage that she doesn't like because her husband will have sex with her, and that seems to be the whole plot of why their relationship doesn't work. Right. Um, because it seems to work in every other way. Um, and then she meets Nicolas Cage and they start the affair and then we spend an hour with that. And then we get to the bayou and things get slightly more interesting for a bit. Um, and then I, you know, we get the, uh, the death of, uh, judge Reinhold's character. Yeah. Um, and then she's grieving at his grave, and then along comes Steve Buscemi, who just sort of moseys oh. in and out of this movie whenever. 
I was gonna say, I thought he was the trash dude because he's like yeah. on the back of that truck in the beginning. And then they're like friends at the gravesite. Like she's just confiding all of her dark, terrible secrets to him. Yeah. It's like, where has he been? <laughs> yeah, we see him like we see him collecting trash. We see him getting arrested for trying to steal a television. <laughs> And then he just like moseys up to the gravesite and he's talking to her like they've known each other for years, which maybe they have, but it would have been nice if somebody had told me that. <laughs> um, for all we know, this is the first time she's ever meeting Steve Buscemi. Like, yeah. there's just, and that's kind of the thing with this movie. I, I'm going to be honest, I looked up the plot for this movie before we recorded because <laughs> I wasn't entirely sure I had it down. Mm -hmm. um, and there's not that much to keep track of, but like I was just so uncertain about the things that I grasped. Um, yeah. Also, In why this is like a totally random complaint, but why was Terry's name spelled like that? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, okay. So I assume here's the other thing. So they're in New Orleans. Okay. And they um they they call each other coon ass a few times. Several times. And I was like, all right, well, I don't know what that means. It sounds racist. So I looked it up and it is a uh it is considered a derogatory term for Cajuns, but apparently Cajuns have come to embrace it. Okay. Um, so are they supposed to be Cajun? Is, because that would make sense for why Terry would be spelled that way. That just does seem like a very sort of, you know, Cajun kind of way to spell that name, I guess. All right. But nothing gives any indication that they're like, they don't have a Cajun accent. They don't speak with other than the word coon ass. They don't even say anything Cajun. No. <laughs> it's so oh. this, it's such a mess. This thing. Also, uh, one thing, while we're, while we're talking about accents, does it bother you that Nick Cage says Zondali and everybody else says Zan? Um, <laughs> it did uh, at okay. first, and then I just was like, all right, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> you, you know, like, it was one of those things where the first time he said it, it really stuck out to me, and I was like, why did he say it that way? But then after a while, I just got used to it. Um, there are a lot of things in this movie you just have to get used to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I do feel like, like with the, the uh, Steve Buscemi thing and everything, I feel like the um, filmmakers just um, assume that we understand a lot more than we actually understand. Like, do they think that we actually inhabit this world that their characters live in? <laughs> and so we are just going to get that sort of thing? Like Joe Pantoliano. What is going? He's just at the shop all the time, and so that is that how she knows him? I guess. Oh, okay. I because they're like yeah. friends, and they go out to the club one time. But the only other we only ever see him in the shop, and the shop is confusing too because I thought it was her shop, but then at the end of the movie, the like mom shows up and is taking care of the shop. The shop. And, and this is indicative of a lot of different elements of the movie, but you could have taken the shop out of the movie and it would not have affected the plot in any way. Yes, absolutely. Like, whatsoever. I'm not sure if she owned it. I'm not sure if she worked there. It did not inform her character in any way. I, I'm not even sure that, like, it made a difference that she was out of the house. Like, it, the whole thing was weird. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't, I don't know. I, I didn't get that. I, there was a lot of weird stuff going on here because the um, 
the mom, I assume, is Judge Reinhold's mom, right? That was the impression that I got from the movie. I I think so, yes. Yeah. Although, didn't, like, I I don't know. I At one point, there was a brief time in this movie where I thought that Nick Cage and Judge Reinhold were brothers. Well, um, I had read a description <laughs> of the movie before watching it, and it said brothers, but... I quickly realized that wasn't correct. Like, they did not seem like brothers at all to me. Well, they didn't seem like brothers. I don't know why. There was something that they said, that Nick Cage said at one point, that made me feel like he also, like, they had the same mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I, I don't remember what it was that gave me that impression. But then it was, then I was confused, because then it's like, are they brothers? And then it was like, no, because I would have known that. Um, but then the thing that killed me about it, uh, um, it was with the dad, actually. It was when um, Judge Reinhold mentions that it's his dad's company. Mm -hmm. uh, that was when, because he just refers to him as like dad in like a very brotherly way, I guess. I don't know. Uh, and, and then I was trying to figure it out. And it's like, there's there's no way that the two of these guys can be related. But then, like, in the bayou, too, they, like, grew up together in the bayou in, like, a different place. And I was like, what? I, I think the thing that finally set me straight on that was, um like, when he refers to him as uh, Mr. Collins. And I was like, okay, well. Yeah. And when he, and so that's another reason why I think that he, that was Judge Reinhold's mom, because when we're, he introduced it, well, you know, he's like, you'll never guess who I saw today or whatever. And he's like, we, you know, we always lived near him and he grew up down the way or whatever the hell, you know, and then he brought him yeah. in. So I was like, okay, so that's his mom. And this is a guy he was friends with or whatever. Um, because yeah, they don't go out of your, their way to explain anything in this fucking movie. You gotta, no. <laughs> you know, you're connecting these dots on your own. <laughs> and also he got mad about the boyfriend because he was like, what about dad or whatever, you know, at some point. And, uh. But but she has Zondali has a weird conversation with her that basically confirms that she's cheating on her son and the mother has no reaction to that. Yeah, yeah. The whole thing just seemed very strange to me. Like I maybe that's how some people would react. I feel like you know um, you would get a stronger reaction from me in that situation. <laughs> and then the mom too sends her like to talk to him where she's just like he's your husband you can figure anything out after like they just had a conversation about the mom also cheating yeah so it was like she's pro cheating yeah oh yeah but also they can work anything out and it's yeah, fine yeah, yeah. it's like all yeah, right this, this mother loves the cheating she's all about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a it's a weird weird movie where not a whole lot makes sense and honestly not a whole lot really happens until uh no uh you get into that third act and then a lot seems to happen also. Um, it's I feel like they really rushed through that whole thing. Um, we have Judge Reinhold's psychotic break or whatever. He's got the gun, and then he's dead all of a sudden. And then, you know, uh, Zandali gets killed. A lot happens in that last, like, 30 minutes. But, boy, getting there is is rough. Yeah. Um, and they don't take that time like you'd think, well, they've got that hour. They really establish these characters and, and make you care about them. But, no. Not, no, not, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not really. So um, that's all I, I think. Like, I also, I I don't like the scene that much um, in, in comparison to some of the other Nick Cage meltdowns that we've seen. I don't think it 
did much for me mm -hmm. but it is worth noting we do get another just like weird nick cage scene in this mm -hmm. uh where he tries to black himself out with yes. paint yes so, he does he he does do that um that i i thought was was a decent nick cage freak out not the best like you said not not close to yeah. the best um the other scene i really liked him in was was in the church when she tells him to be quiet and he's like what god can hear us in here and he starts yelling <laughs> curse words and he rips open his shirt for some reason <laughs> and i that was so there were a couple little moments where i was like there's the nick cage i know and love but he's really hidden away for most of this movie yeah uh and it's it's unfortunate um and again because everyone in this movie is so flat i i feel like it's it has to be the director or somebody who it has to be who's reining him in because I do feel like if he was given the the freedom to do so, he could have really done something with this character. Um, I oh, think it's I think it's still absolutely. be a bad movie, but I think he could have done something with the character to at least make it entertaining because as it is, it's pretty boring. Um, I think that like nothing was ever going to make this a good movie. I don't think um other than major rewrites but i think if we'd had this exact script but the director had let nick cage just go you know crazy with this it would have been very entertaining and it it, it would have been like a vampire's kiss situation for me where it's like yeah. i i'm cool to just watch nicholas cage freak out for an hour and 40 minutes let's do this you know but like yeah. we didn't get that yeah, I think that 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 would have certainly made the movie entertaining. It because as it is, this movie is decidedly boring in my opinion, and, and it's way more boring than any movie with that much nudity should be. That's the other thing is because there's a mental break, uh, there's a gun, there's a drug lord, there's a waltz for some reason, there's art, there's nudity. There's no reason why this should be as boring as it is like there's no excuse for yeah. that yeah it, <laughs> it but it is you wouldn't think it would be but it but it certainly certainly is um and i will say one thing i always wished i could paint yeah yeah so I watch this movie I'm like man i wish i could paint it always brings that back yeah i think painting would be cool but i, I have no like I, I the only thing i could paint is like that crap that doesn't really look like anything <laughs> you know i mean people yeah. pay big money for that i guess <laughs> But that's more or less what Nick Cage was painting in a lot of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. That's all I've got for Zandali Cat, unless you've got anything else you want to hit upon. No. All right. Uh, let's, I'm out. let's jump into the bees for this thing and get the hell out of here. All um, right. Whoa, what is that? What is that? What is it? Oh, no, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! We do two ratings. There's a uh, Nicolas Cage score that is uh, not only for Nicolas Cage's performance, but the uh, the film's use of Nicolas Cage in the movie. And then we will give the um, film overall a score. So, Kat, what do you have for a Nick Cage score for Zandalee? Uh I'm giving Zandali a 1.5 for Nick Cage. I wow. don't think his performance was good. Um, and I don't think that the movie gave him the opportunity to give a good performance like everything was working against itself here yeah okay that's uh that's fair enough i went a little higher um i because i did enjoy the moments that we got um i wish there had been uh, a few more of them along the way or you know maybe more than a few um <laughs> but uh i did enjoy the ones that we that we got from him i gave it a three 
Okay. Uh, for a Nicolas Cage score. Um, yeah, I, I thought that, uh, I, like I said, I really enjoyed the church uh, scene. I thought there's the, f- the thing that, that sold me on that is when he, he, for no reason, rips open his shirt. Had he not <laughs> done that, I probably wouldn't have enjoyed it as much. But he did that, and I was like, that's a Nicolas Cage choice right there. That was a Nicolas Cage yeah. choice. Um, unfortunately, um, even given those moments that, that he is given, the movie doesn't give him enough freedom to, to make it entertaining or interesting throughout. And, um, he's, it, it, I do feel like he's just being reined in and pulled back, which is unfortunate because this movie could have really used Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Um, what do you give Zandali overall? Uh, Zandali overall, I, I actually went a little bit higher. Uh, I gave it a two. I rounded up generously for the uh, for the line about the uh, accounts payable. Okay. Just like really got me. Uh, but it it deserved, I think, a couple points because I did laugh a couple times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I guess uh, <laughs> there's a difference between laughing with something and laughing at something. But I guess at the end of the day, you're still laughing. Right? I was still laughing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I um, I'm right in that same neighborhood. A, a little less generous. I gave it a one point five. Um, I think that's fair. Yeah, and really, my big thing was I actually looked at a two, but I couldn't give it a two because I had just given Industrial Symphony Number no. One, The Dream of the Broken Heart, at a two. Yeah. Um, and as much as I disliked that movie, I still enjoyed it more than Zandali. <laughs> um, so Zandali. Uh, first time watch for both of us, I believe, and it's fair to say disappointing. Uh, yeah, I would back that up. Disappointing yeah. is a good yeah, word. This I, is not. This is I not. I didn't one have of a lot gems. of hopes for this one. Uh, I'll be honest, because I did see Nicolas Cage's face, shoal hair <laughs> on the poster. <laughs> I knew this might not be a movie for me, but I, I, you know, you always hope that you're going to be wrong. Um, we weren't, but. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's going to do it uh, for Zandali. Now, our next film um, is the 1992 movie Honeymoon in Vegas. Have you seen Honeymoon in Vegas? I have not seen Honeymoon in Vegas. Oh, really? I think this will be the first time I've seen one that you haven't seen. Okay. Uh, going into, um, I, I watched this quite a few times when uh, when it came out. I think I saw it, it. There used to be a second run theater right by my... Uh, uh, right by where I grew up, and I think I saw this like two or three times in that theater because it was like a buck or buck fifty or something. <laughs> um, and uh, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. At one point, um, if I remember correctly, there was even a promotion. This was years later. If you ordered a large pizza from Pizza Hut, you could choose one of four DVDs, and this was one of them. <laughs> uh, and I owned this on DVD from uh, Pizza Hut. For a little while. Um, this is a, if I remember correctly, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but if I remember correctly, it's a, it's a fun movie. Okay. And, uh, it is also the first of what Nicolas Cage refers to as his Sunshine Trilogy. <laughs> um, the other two in that trilogy are Guarding Tess and It Could Happen to You, and I have seen neither one of those. Um, but I am looking forward to revisiting Honeymoon in Vegas next week. Here on the Nick fucking Woo Cage cast. Uh, Kat, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kat underscore Valor. Uh, you can find me on the other social medias at Kat Valor. You can check out my website, catvalor.com, and you can order my book, Revenge Arc. 
All right. And um, I am also on Twitter at Radio Rob123, pretty much across social media at Radio Rob123. And you can listen to the other show that I do with Kat and uh, Mikey Bones. That show is called Slasher Radio, and it's all about horror movies. You can find that wherever you're listening to the Nick fucking Woo Cage cast. And we'll be back next week with Honeymoon in Vegas.